0: as Mel and David uh, said in the announcements, um, we're starting today with our focus for the next four weeks on mental health. And the title that we've given this series is Peace of Mind. And uh, we want to talk as a community about our mental health. Because we live in in a time and in a context, and perhaps particularly in South Africa, where there is pressure on people. That people are taking strain. We see it in, in a lot of different things that, that people's mental health is, is under pressure at the moment. And because we live in this most beautiful and wonderful nation of South Africa, our government has even been so friendly as to give us a meter that measures the mental well-being of this nation. That at any given time, we have a score that tells us how well or how much we are struggling with our mental health. That score is stage one, Stage two, stage three, stage four, stage five. And right now, praise the Lord, stage six. You know what they say when we hit stage eight, you will suddenly see the power disappear out of your cell phone because then ESCOM's taking it back. We live in a time where there's so much strain and pressure placed on people and it has an effect on our mental well-being. Now when we talk about mental well-being, mental health, I do think it's very important that we all have a posture that understands that this is for all of us. This is every one of us. There's no one of us that can say, I don't have to consider or talk about or learn or grow in my mental well-being and mental health. Do you agree with me in that? I almost have the picture that as a community over these next four weeks, if we're talking about these things, that can we have a, a kind of approach where we're all coming to sit around a table, perhaps a round table, and we're all coming to sit around this table and we're coming together to talk about mental health. And there's no one of us that does not have a place at the table. There's not one of us that can stand outside and tell everybody else what they must do with their mental health. Every one of us is part of this journey and is learning and growing and trusting the Lord with our mental health. So I don't want to talk to you about it today and the speakers that will come over the next three next weeks. We're not going to talk to you from a perspective of trying to say, this is what you must do. But perhaps how do we together as a community grow In our mental health and how we support each other in our mental health. Because the truth is, God loves your mind. Do you know that? God loves your mind. God made your mind. And he loves your mind. Your mind doesn't threaten God. Your mind is not something that God says, just get over with it. So that we can get on to the serious things about being a Christian. God loves your mind. God is interested in your mind. The functioning of your mind. Your intellect. Your reasoning ability. God cares a whole lot about that. Perhaps it's even possible today to say that God cares as much about that as He cares about anything else in your life. Because isn't it that Jesus said in Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God, verse 37, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. To love God means I love him with my mind also. We live in a day and age where perhaps sometimes Christianity has become more a thing of the heart that puts the mind in a secondary position that's not how Jesus looked at and looks at us. He loves your mind. He wants you to love him with your mind. Sometimes it's almost like Christians think that, that when I go to church, for instance, or engage with the things of God, I, I take my mind out and I you know, put it, somewhere else. It's like, you know, you see a Christian roll up at church and they're going to go park and they've parked their cars and then they say to the family okay guys, just put your mind in a safe place and you sort of take your mind out and, you know that little cubby hole that you have here between your seats some cars, you open it, you, you put your mind in there because now we're going to church. And church is all about the heart it's not about the mind and, and some Christians think that, you know, if I think about things too much, then I'm going to lose my faith now it's true that there are things in our faith that's beyond our minds. But that's not because we shouldn't use our minds. It's just because God's bigger than us. But it is still our privilege to think, to reason, to understand. In fact, the, the Bible, when it talks about faith, refers all, in a sense more to the mind than it does to the heart. Romans 12 verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a man thinketh, the scripture says, so easy. Now the biblical view is it's actually a holistic view of body, soul, spirit, mind, soul, emotions, all that we bring to Jesus. But God loves your mind. Your mind to him is beautiful. There's nothing you can do with your mind That threatens God in terms of threatens his ability to work with you in your life. Because he's bigger than your mind. Where did you get your mind from? From him. Your ability to reason, to think, comes from him. And he's bigger than any of us. He thinks more complex than we will ever think. So don't think your mind needs to get in the way of your faith. Actually, for faith to function, it requires a understanding of the mind that's why the bible uses the word knowledge jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free that knowing is not just merely a mental knowing it's a complete knowing but it certainly includes mental knowing there's a conviction there's a thinking christianity has a way of thinking about it also so god loves your mind god wants your mind to be healthy God wants each of us to have a healthy mind, a strong mind, a resilient mind, a stable mind. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, Paul writes to this young man that is raising up in leadership, Timothy, that perhaps had some mental struggles in terms of the timidity of his mind and his nature. And Paul writes this famous, well-known scripture to you that we quote so often. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul is saying to Timothy that God gives you a well-functioning mind. A strong mind. A mind that can hold life together. That's a A product of the working of the spirit in us is a sound mind. What is a sound mind? The the context of the words Paul uses here, according to the Hellenic Studies Institute at Harvard University, is based on a Greek understanding that unites the word fear and the word doubt. The word fear, as Paul uses it here, he says... Your mind has an enemy. And Paul calls that, in this context, he calls that enemy fear. In other contexts, he speaks about the enemy of our mind and the wellness of our mind by talking about doubt. Those two things have this in common. That at its root word, the word that is used in the Greek for these two words that they derived from is the word two or double. So he's saying that mental wellness is affected and perhaps becomes problematic and we lose and we struggle with mental wellness when we become people that have double thinking. That struggle to hold things together. A sound mind is a mind that can focus and stay, stay connected and stay secure and rest in truth. And keep that one truth ahead of itself. That's a sound mind. That's why you'll sometimes find some translations will, will change that word and it'll put the word of self-control or, or of self-discipline. It, it's trying to communicate something of a mind that is able to focus. A mind that is struggling is a mind that is bouncing around. Now, how many of you can recognize that you have that problem? I, I, I mean, I, I I was trying to think about something the other day. I said to myself, I don't sit down now and think about a problem and I need to come to a solution. I probably spent an hour to try and do 10 minutes thinking because I'd think about it and then squirrel. My mind rushes off to somewhere else. And now I find myself thinking about something and then I go, stop it. And I bring my mind back. And I say, okay, now I'm gonna focus on this. And then squirrel, squirrel, off goes my mind again. Any Anybody else identify with me? If you didn't raise your hand right now online or in the room, you may want to go see the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> and they can do a simple test. Because if that's not your problem, I think you're not human and you don't have a mind. That's what our minds do. Our minds are notoriously unstable. By the nature of our humanity, our minds are unstable in James 1 verse 8 James says the following he is double-minded unstable in all his ways as he describes a person in a context I think that could be a great general description for humanity we are notoriously double-minded and unstable in all of our ways because we keep on trying to find a resting place for our minds Something for it to hold on to. Something to focus on. Something to capture it. You see, because when God made you and me and he gave us our minds, our minds is an instrument that is supposed to find its rest in something outside of itself. So your mind is always looking. Where do I rest? What do I put my focus on? What do I feed off? Because, you know, your mind is never still. It's always going. It's looking for stimulation the whole time. It's always firing. And it's looking for something that, it can, that gives it energy to fire. And so we become double-minded, tossed around, like, is it this? Is it that? And we don't understand. And, and, and that begins to wear us down. And, you know, if we think about our mental health as a spectrum... And we're all on that spectrum somewhere. And we move along that spectrum, that continuum. Some days my mind is at peace and I'm like, you know, it's going well. It's good. I'm focused. I get stuff done. Other days it's all over the place. And I'm struggling. And I have to deal with it. And then sometimes we have, you know, situations and and people that slide along that continuum and, and they're actually in a reality where... We're, there's clinical elements to this, and they diagnosed with, with with mental realities that means that they struggle. And and we're all, you know, in that space. We're not different from one another, we're all engaging with this, trying to get our minds to be at peace, to be resting in something. And the problem is there's really not many options available to us that our minds can find rest in. There's actually only one option. Because if my mind is to find its rest in any created thing, it will eventually become unstable again. Because let's say I'm at peace because I've got enough money in the bank. How many of you know that peace is not going to last? SARS is coming for you. You know, your car is going to break. Something's going to happen. Because money does not have the strength, the stability, the security to actually give your mind peace. So let's try a relationship. How many of you know, those are notoriously unstable. And so your mind ends up like, oh, you know. Whatever you put to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on that, and in that my mind will find rest and peace, and then it will be well with me, you'll get in trouble. There's only one that you can focus on, and that's the Lord Jesus. The King of kings. The all-powerful, almighty one. That if I'm able to get my mind to know him, to behold him. To meditate upon him. What does the scripture say? Blessed is the man who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. It's that, that, we spiritualize that scripture and it certainly has. But that speaks to me about mental wellness. There will be a mental wellness to you. If you can find a place for your mind to be secure in. To rest in. And only God qualifies for that. Because only he is good enough strong enough, secure enough, stable enough, unchanging, the same yesterday, today, and forever, that my mind can rest in Him. So sometimes our mind becomes unstable, and it can happen to varying degrees. Sometimes it's just a a bit of nerves because of a situation that's troubling me. But it can slide along and come, become completely caught in anxiety. And I can suffer from things like panic attacks because my mind is bouncing, trying to find how to deal with life. I can have some, you know, stress in my life. And it can cause me to, to just, you know, have a bit of struggle with my mind. And again, it can move all the way over to some dependency or drug addiction or, or something that I require to make myself function and I get caught. I could just be tired mentally because I've had a, a busy time and worked hard or I can slide all the way into burnout. We are all struggling, holding and we need to find a security. People can feel like a bit hopeless Or it can slide into being actually feeling suicidal. No matter where we are. In dealing with our mental health wellness. We as believers have a secure point. That we can come to. A peace. That we can draw to. I love. This scripture in Isaiah 40. Verse 29 to 31. We. We. Know the scripture so well. It says the following He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. How many of you want to have the ability today to say, I'm weak? I grow weary, particularly in my mental health. I get tired. I get weak. So if you approach this from a mental health perspective, even youths grow weary. And tired. None of us. We may be doing so well today, but it doesn't mean tomorrow we're not going to grow weary and tired. And lose the ability to hold, to be disciplined, to be controlled, to be focused. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What is the difference? Those whose hope is in the Lord. Some translation says those who wait upon the Lord. What that is describing for us is an ability to put everything else in perspective with the reality that I have a God that is faithful, that is good, that is powerful. I'm going to tell you a story from Scripture. And when I use the word story, I don't mean a myth. I mean an actual event, but it's told to us in story form. Of Jesus and his disciples on a boat. It's recorded for us in Mark 4 from verse 35. So one day Jesus and his disciples were ministering to the crowds and, and they were having a great time of ministry. And as the day was coming to an end, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And so that meant that they had to cross over the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is positioned in a place where it's notoriously unstable. The weather in that part of the world is, is quite unstable. It was, it was prone to storms. Anybody that lived around the Sea of Galilee knew storms. Because the geography of that part of the world means that the Sea of Galilee is roughly about 700 feet below sea level. And within 30 km, 30 miles, sorry, 30 miles, you have Mount Hermon, which is 9,200 and something miles above, ach, miles feet, feet above sea level. So you have like a 10,000 feet elevation that happens in a narrow corridor. That means lots of high pressure and low pressure systems colliding with one another, and therefore storms. So this Sea of Galilee is a stormy place. So Jesus says to his disciples, we're going to go on the sea to the other side. Now remember, a good number of his disciples were experienced fishermen. They grew up on that lake. They know that lake. They know storms. So they're crossing over the lake and the Bible tells us that the wind came up. And the storm started building. And the storm was building and building to the place where these disciples started saying to each other, we are going to die. Not we might die. It's possible that this may not end well. The experienced fishermen among them came to this conclusion. This is our last day on earth. We are going to die. It's the end. The water was filling the boat. The boat was almost submerged under the water. As the scripture describes for it. You can imagine them trying to use anything they can. But they can't get the water out of the boat fast enough. The storm is raging. They are in a place where not only are they in a storm, but their minds are beginning to storm. And so one of them says, where's Jesus? Now, I'm paraphrasing a bit. Give me a bit of creative license here. Where's Jesus? They're looking for Jesus. Like, what? You know, and they find him in some part of the boat. where I don't know if it was dry enough or he was just that tired, that it didn't matter that he was soaked, but he is fast asleep. The scripture tells us he even brought a pillow with him. <laughs> now, this Jesus that knew that the storm was going to happen decided that the way he's going to deal with the storm is not a life jacket but a pillow. So he brings a pillow along, he's sound asleep. And now the disciples have to f- mentally deal with what they're experiencing. We have a storm and we are going to die. Okay, that's bad enough. How does my mind deal with this? Now you add to that another piece of information that makes my mind even more unstable, and it's this. Jesus is asleep. So how, what conclusion does that lead to for the disciples? A storm, we are going to die. Jesus is asleep. What is their truth that they glean from this situation. They go to Jesus and they say, don't you care? That's their conclusion. This storm is not just causing them physical insecurity, it's causing them mental insecurity, and it's causing their faith to become insecure. Don't you care? That's an accusation. That is an accusation against Jesus. Based on these two components. We are busy dying, you are sleeping, that equals you don't care. Do you see their mental processes, their mental wellness, their health in their mentality? Have you ever done that? Have you ever faced a storm? Have you cried out to the Lord, but the Lord brought a pillow? Not for you to sleep on, for him to sleep on. And you're feeling like, my prayers are just Going nowhere. And then your mind makes a reasoning conclusion. He does not care. And that becomes your truth. And if that becomes your truth, you are in trouble. Because then your mind no longer has a resting place. Actually, the only resting place you can find is actually in the storm then. Because then you say, well, I'm going to die. Let's just come to peace. Let's just come to terms with it. I'm going to die. And let's just accept it. That becomes your only option for your mind to find peace. So they go wake Jesus up. They say, I don't care that we're busy dying. Jesus gets up. And if you read on from verse 39, it says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Uh, Listening to Tim Keller talk about this, he says, It's like Jesus spoke to a naughty child quiet, be still. Have you ever done that? In Afrikaans we say, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. That's how Jesus spoke to this storm. Stop it. What are you doing? Stop your tantrum. Be quiet, be still. Jesus didn't get up and like, sorry guys, (laughs) you're right. If there ever was a moment to panic, it is now. Yes, guys, I'm so sorry I was tired. That, that tablet I took, it just knocked me out. I'm so sorry. No, he's not anxious. He's not upset. He just looks at the storm. He doesn't do a sacrifice or burn incense or call on the name of some God or something. He just looks at the storm and says, be still, be quiet. It's like that. Now, he probably said it with a bit of authority and, and a bit of, you know, be quiet. Be still, but not with like. Oh, please be quiet. And guess what happened? The scripture tells us immediately, like this: the wind died. Now, wind. It does happen that a wind suddenly arises and suddenly disappears. Have you experienced that? It happens. So perhaps it's just coincidence that the moment Jesus said, be still, be quiet, the wind just happened to die down. But this is a remarkable thing. Not only did the wind stop, the sea became like glass. How many of you know that if there's a storm on the sea, even if the wind stops, the sea doesn't become quiet. It can take a couple of days for the sea to actually flatten out. In fact, the quickest way it'll flatten out is if a counterwind starts blowing and flattens the waves out. But this sea immediately, like glass, Quiet. Wow. What is going on? Then Jesus turns to the disciples. They are all wet. Drenched. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? We can translate that to almost mean, why are your minds running around with you? Why are your minds double-minded? Why are your minds fixating on the wrong things? Why did you come to the conclusion that I don't care? What is going on with you? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The faith he's talking about is not can't you ignore the storm? It's the faith that he's talking about is can you not come to the conclusion? Can your mind not find rest in the fact? That I am with you. Can you not look at the storm and look at me and find peace? That's the faith he's talking about, the kind of faith. And then their response was fantastic. They were terrified. If you thought they were scared of the storm, they are now more scared. Because they are realizing something very important. That more dangerous than the storm, the winds and the waves that were outside of the boat is this person in the boat with them. He's more dangerous than that storm. He is bigger than that storm. He is more powerful than that storm. More raw power that they experienced in the winds and the waves they are now seeing in Jesus. Even The sea listens to him. In our literature, and particularly in the time and still today, the sea often represents that which is beyond our control. That's why you have all these fantastic stories of sea monsters. The sea is viewed by us as as the symbol of the uncontrollable, the thing that we cannot govern, that has a will and a power of its own. And that can at any moment destroy us. This Jesus is more scary than that sea. He has got more power. He says to the sea, be still, be quiet. And the sea subdues. That's what they see. So they are afraid now. Man alive. Forget the sea. Who is this? What can he do to us? From Jesus' perspective, why is it possible that Jesus could be so calm? Because this is not the first time he dealt with the wind. How many of you remember Genesis 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says, the earth was formless and void. And the spirit, some translation says the wind, was moving over the expanse. So imagine there was a time when our planet was a raging hurricane. Where there was water all over the place being whipped by a wind that was howling all over our planet. It, became in, it, was, not became, it was impossible for anything to live on this planet because the storms and the sea was un, out of control. And then there came a moment where Jesus, the agent of God's creative power, stood up and said, stop it. You will rest here. And he put the sea in its place. He moved the land with no action, just by speaking. And the land found its place. And through speaking, he created an earth and a heaven, a place for, for us to rest in. Inhabitable for us, just by speaking. So that day when Jesus stood up in the midst of that storm, he was actually saying to that storm, we've spoken about this before. Can you remember a while ago I told you to go into your place? What are you doing? Stop it. Go back to where I told you to be. This was nothing new for him because he's the creator of the world. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's the one that is big enough that your mind can rest in him. Your mind can rest in him. Because there's nothing that threatens his lordship. I have a focus point for my mind. I have a resting place a stability. But now you may say to me, but he, if Jesus is so scary, then is this safe? You know what makes him safe? Is that not only is he all powerful, but he is all loving. Everything he does is for your good. Every ounce of energy expense is for you and for your good. So he's different than the storm. The storm has power, but it doesn't love you. Jesus has more power, but he loves you. And everything in him is for our benefit. But it doesn't make us in charge. It still keeps him in charge. He's not at our beck and call. Don't you care? Jesus says, that's not the right question. I care, but I'm showing you something bigger. I'm providing you with more information so that your mind, even in this, can find a resting place in me. Sometimes God will allow us to go through the storms so that we can see him. We can see his power and we can see his love and his glory. But can our minds find a resting place in Him? So as a community, worship team, you guys can join me. We want to come to a place that we can grow in our ability to help each other, to support each other, that our minds can be at rest in the Lord. And I want to tell you, we are human beings. We have a lack of ability to constantly have our minds at rest. It's our problem. So it takes work all the time. The wrong interpretation would be that if somebody's mind is raging and they're struggling with their mental health, that there's something wrong with their faith. You cannot make that conclusion. There's something in truth that we need, that person or I need to get hold of in that situation, but they're just going through what the human experience is. It's not our place to point fingers. We want to be a community that comes around this table and that together forms a basis where we strengthen and help one another. So I want to, I want to say there's a couple of things that we want to do as a community and we want to do well. The first thing is we want to talk we want to talk we want to be a community that creates space for people to say i'm not doing so well and i can i can talk about it because i will go through times where i struggle and have gone and through times where i'm struggling with my mental health and my security and stability and my peace I need to be able to talk to people. If you, if you put me, for instance, as a senior pastor in a position where I can never have a struggle and I can never talk about it, then that will not serve me well. It's my responsibility. It's my faith. But I have to have space where sometimes I can go, listen, guys, this is, is, I'm in a storm and it, at this point in time feels bigger than me. Help me gain my perspective again. We talk. We can talk. We can listen. We we want to be good at listening. And I mean just listening. Not trying to fix, not trying to provide answers always, not trying to, you know, give somebody what they must do, but just listen. Just listen. A lot of the time we just need to listen. Now, some people need listening from a friend, some people need listening from a therapist. And we want to be able to listen to any capacity and, and context that it's required. But we want to be a community that listens. We want to encourage, we want to come alongside, we want to stand next to somebody and say, how can I help you, how can I strengthen you in this time, I cannot take responsibility for you, but I can stand next to you, I can, I can encourage you, I can, I can be there for you, I can love you, I want you to know you're not alone, I'm with you. I may not be able to tell you what you need. I may not have the expertise or the knowledge to help you. You may need professional care in a situation like this, but I can still encourage you. I can be with you. I can let you know you're not alone. We talk, we listen, we encourage, we support. By support, I mean sometimes the best thing we can do for one another when we're going through tough times is just do a practical thing to help somebody. Like, listen, don't worry. I'll, take, I'll pick up your kids from school this week. It's gonna, that's what I can do. Well, I'm I'm gonna give you a meal or you know, or I'm I'm gonna, whatever, I don't know. I can support you. I can take from you some of the things that may be too hard for you at this point in time. And then we pray. I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list, but I think as a community, we wanna have that posture and then we wanna say we pray. We pray for ourselves and we pray for each other. Prayer is that great place where we say, Lord, help my mind to find its resting place in you. My mind is raging. My mind is unstable. My mind is all over the place. I can't see how this is going to work out. I can't see the good out of this. I'm, I'm struggling. But in prayer, the Lord helps me to bring my mind to a place of rest, place of security. And we pray together. As we mentioned in the announcements earlier, we have the Wholeness Course. The Wholeness Course is a fantastic opportunity where you can join into the Wholeness Course if you feel like I need to grow in my, I I need some tools in my toolkit that'll help me in my robust of my of my mental health and my ability to process and bounce back then go do the wholeness course if you want to learn more about those dynamics as they said go do the wholeness course it's also a great place if you say I want to walk with others then do the wholeness course that's your pathway into into also being able to support and help others better and so after the service you can go to the to the uh, booth where Mel and David will be and they'll talk to you more about the wholeness course and how you can be part of that but I'm sure you agree with me, we want to be a community that grows in our, in our mental wellness, our mental health, but also our ability to support each other and people on our front line. So why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jillian. who's praying this morning There's such a sense of the Lord coming today and to stand before each of us individually to look you in the eyes and say how are you doing not because he doesn't know but because he wants to engage with you he wants you to tell him he wants you to be honest he wants you to be open he wants you to invite him into your life So he's asking you, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's your mind? Are you at peace? Now, probably the right answer will be, Lord, there's parts where I'm at peace, but there's parts where it's raging and I'm struggling. Let me talk to you about that. So I want you right now, just imagine yourself standing before the Lord Jesus and him asking you, how are you doing? How are you doing? And just in your own spirit and in your own heart, quietly formulate an answer in your own mind and tell Him, this is how I'm doing. Now it may be that you need a little bit of a longer conversation. Make time and have that conversation with the Lord. And out of that, you may recognize, I need to have a conversation with somebody else. I need to pick up on some of that therapy that I stopped. I, I may need medication. I may need help. But Jesus is in all of that. He can walk any journey with you. But can you focus on Him right now? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, into this moment. With each of us. If you are watching us online, I want you to do the same. Just imagine the Lord Jesus standing before you saying how are you doing thank you Lord thank you for the beauty and the power this is not a therapy session where I'm talking to somebody I'm talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the most powerful being in the universe that loves me that loves me that loves my mind Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to end the service. May the Lord bless you. But I want to encourage you, maybe that you just know that I need some prayer this morning. Come forward and our team will pray for you. A lot of our pastors aren't here and men are obviously away, but we trust that we'll have enough people to pray with you. Just come and say, I just need prayer. I just need somebody pray with me it may be that you need to give your heart to Jesus because you will never find a resting place if you don't give your heart, your mind your everything to Jesus then come today and give your life to Jesus if you're online and you want to reach out then there's an email address that you can send to but come if you just want to stay in your seat and linger a little bit longer and just be in the presence of the Lord, then you do that. but if you feel free to go then you 're welcome to go. please remember to join our our volunteers for the for our uh, connect lounge and just want to talk to you about our church and who we are and uh, please remember your cards if you haven't if you fold them in, you can drop them at the information desk if you haven 't given them in or also you 're welcome to do that next week. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Just come forward if you want prayer this morning there 's a There's a moment that the Lord has with some people here today, and I I don't want us to miss that moment. If you need prayer, just come forward. But may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May you know Him. May you know His goodness and His love for you. May you know His power. In Jesus' name. Amen.